on the wrestling podcast about nothing. We started right here in the Northeast, but we have crossed into Canada. We are trucking through the territories, watching old regional wrestling TV across North America. And this time out, Brian, it's Maple Leaf Wrestling from 1984 from Toronto. Like we've been in Canada for a month now. I just want to go home. We will, Brian. We will. Plus, we are also going to check in on what some local wrestling alumni are up to these days. Then your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell them, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 150, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an excuse hey, just from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is the Bedford Brawler, Brian Malonis. I'm not from Bedford. Well, I figured, you know, you're going to go in the long tradition of brawlers. So you got to have the town brawler name right just the brawler you don't no have you heard from jerry browser by the way <laughs> i have i have not okay so Thank there's God. no <laughs> one of your trainers come on psychopath <laughs> he was not one of my trainers he was gone by the time i started did you start like really soon after it opened i did he, he wasn't around the ctc very long no no he jerry had a stroke like pretty early on he did. Yeah, and uh, like it was before I started. Like he was already he was already gone. He'd already had the stroke and was already really? gone. It was very early on, I think, in the CTC. I just remember a show where he who was he body slamming? It must have been Ali Muhammad, and he like tore his groin in half because he like <laughs> muscled him up there, and it was uh, it was a scene, man. <laughs> Ali was a big boy. He was. He <laughs> and was. very like very stout, very short. Too. Yes. I mean, I'm a big boy, but I'm also 6'2", 6'3". Ali was 5'8", generously. Yeah, generously. <laughs> so, yeah, something happened with the... Well, okay, so he's not officially one of your trainers. No, Jerry Bowser's no. I was, uh, Ali Muhammad helped me a lot. I get, like, he would definitely be somebody who I consider somebody who helped train me. Him and Gino Martino in the uh, fine art of big man wrestling. Yes. Okay, so... Jerry Bowser, for those who don't know, was known as the Boston Brawler. So he didn't hand that title down to you, and now you are the Bedford Brawler. No, nah, nobody's heard of him. He's a nobody. He's a nothing. He's a never was. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, I mean, Jerry was a, I mean, he's always nice to me. He's just a crazy person. I mean, am, I, am I saying anything that's incorrect? I mean, I don't know if Jerry Bowser listens to the wrestling podcast about nothing. I'm but sure he doesn't know what a podcast is. No, but I mean, I mean. He's a nice enough guy. I just he's a crazy person. <laughs> All right. What, are you too afraid to say Jerry was a crazy person? <laughs> yes, he's he could still be lingering around here somewhere. <laughs> and the reason you're afraid is because 
crazy person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't be a crazy person and you go to BrianMalonis.com, right? Yeah, go to BrianMalonis.com. The t-shirt order's rolling in. I think we're going to have to postpone, though, what we had talked about. I have reached out to the person who bought the t-shirt. Uh, t- we're recording on Saturday night. I think this person may be at a pro wrestling show tonight. So uh, I goofed up, Mike. I didn't reach out to him earlier in the week. My apologies. I've been very busy this week. It's been a crazy week. But uh, next week, we will have this person on. Uh, we'll give you another little hint. He hosts a a popular online and public access uh, wrestling television program in the New Hampshire area. I think that narrows it down. It does narrow it down. <laughs> it really narrows it down. <laughs> so, yeah, we will talk to him very shortly. Uh, he bought a T-shirt off BrianMalonis.com, and you can, too, Yes, out there listening. Indeed. Go out, buy one. They're great T-shirts. I gotta get a new design up there at some point, I guess. Yeah, you're gonna have to work on that. I've sold enough. Like I, I can add a uh, fifth shirt at this point. So, can you get something up there in time for the big uh, couple events coming up? Uh, I guess I could. You have to work on something. I know, right? Someone, I, you, you, you know, I mean, I, I will say, like, I, I keep flirting with the idea of doing another T-shirt and buying stock, and and when I go do shows that I can sell them at, they do okay, but. Have been doing a ton of like local, you know, indies uh, lately. Yes. So you know, you don't want to bust your bottom line. I guess you know, you don't want to lay out cash if you're not going to get it back. Makes sense, right? Makes sense. There you go. All right. Well, also you can go to the wpan.com. That is the wpan.com. Our hub, our home base. Basically, the monks of the wrestling podcast. About nothing. We all go there and uh, order. Marble rise? No, they don't have marble rye there. Tune <laughs> the on big, toast. Big, Tune on toast. Big salad. I, right, <laughs> these days, I'm getting the I'm getting the big salad. How's the diet going, by the way? Pretty good. Very good. Yeah, cutting weight, buddy. MSG. It's uh, G1 Supercard season. It sure is. So go to the WPAN.com. You can listen to the podcast there. Find all the ways to subscribe to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, including iHeartRadio, including Spotify. Of course, there's always Apple Podcasts. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be much appreciated. Plus, the social media links are all there. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. So you'll follow us on all those uh, different places. Plus, our bios a lot of pluses here plus peckers no no peckers no peckers <laughs> just pictures what peckers mike i was talking about jesus you pervert none of those either oh what about those nature photos we took <laughs> <laughs> i haven't got those uploaded yet. Oh, okay then uh so go to the wpan.com anyway even though there are no uh photos of peckers of various <laughs> types all right kingpin we are trucking through the territories. We're going all across North America, checking out regional wrestling TV. We're going to check out all of them before we're said and done here. Is this the last one in Canada, I hope? I think so. Good God. I think we'll be heading back to the States after oh, this. thank God. But first, it is Maple Leaf Wrestling, pal. And it was run for a long time by Frank Tunney in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And it was an NWA territory in the 70s. Then Frank died in 1983, and then uh, Jack Tunney and Frank's son Eddie ended up running Maple Leaf Wrestling. It wasn't long before Jack Tunney abandoned Jim Crockett and uh, the National Wrestling Alliance and signed with Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation. So this is a little different from the normal story we have of Vince coming in and performing like a hostile takeover. The Tunneys just kind of bent over and said, let me have it essentially jack tunney got that big promotion come on as this uh episode is dropping he's the vice president yeah who's the president then i don't know 
I'd like to find out. We should have found out. We should have looked up. We should have looked it up, but he ended up eventually becoming the president of the WWF, of course, figurehead president, but he was also like the shoot president of Titan Sports Canada. Following the WWF takeover in 84, Maple Leaf Wrestling still continued to happen until 86 when they stopped taping exclusively in Canada and said, fuck it, and they just rebranded Superstars of Wrestling to be Maple Leaf Wrestling. <laughs> Makes sense. They still, though, have Billy Red Lions. Mr. Personality, yeah. let's call him. <laughs> yes, Mr. Personality. Comes through the television screen. <laughs> he was uh, still doing promos backstage, and uh, eventually he'd uh, transition to being the guy at the control center where you would also find Sean Mooney at you know, later times in the 80s and 90s. Good God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was what happened eventually to Maple Leaf Wrestling. But this is very early on in WWF's takeover of Maple Leaf Wrestling because the takeover happened in July. And this is September, so just a couple months after WWF really took over the whole operations. I mean, they took over the TV production, the whole deal. So Maple Leaf Wrestling, September 22nd, 1984, from Brantford, Ontario, Canada. And we see the opening of Maple Leaf Wrestling, you know, very primitive. It's 1984. And you see Hogan, you see Kamala, you see Greg Valentine, Tito Santana, Bob Orton, Paul Orndorff. All the uh, WWF greats. You don't see many uh, Canadian superstars. No Dino Bravo. <laughs> no, there's no... No Rougeau brothers. <laughs> no, no. None of them in the uh, open. Canadian earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, the takeover in full effect. It's all WWF branded. Very shortly after Maple Leaf Wrestling became the home of the WWF in Canada. So, we go to Vince McMahon, who introduces his broadcast partner, King Kong Angelo Mosca. Second appearance, by the way, of King Kong Mosca on Trucking Through the Territories. Oh, yes. He was in a commercial. <laughs> yes. He was uh, advertising for like Molson or something. He was Miller. A sp- the spokesman for Miller Lite. Yeah, Miller Lite. That's what it was. I was thinking, I was thinking Molson because it's a uh, Canadian beer, but no, it was Miller Lite. Yeah, that was last month, I think, when we did the international wrestling. Yes, so uh, two appearances in a, in, a, in a row for King Kong Mosca. Aren't we lucky? <laughs> well, these, coming up, uh, yeah, I think I think we were kind of lucky because some of his commentary was gold. So, it's gold, Jerry, gold. <laughs> Angelo, a uh, favorite of PW, Peter Winston from Greetings from Allentown. Just figured I'd acknowledge that. And they run down the card. Angelo has a little trouble with uh, some of the names in the uh, ladies' tag team match and ends up saying, well, if the names are tough, that means the matches are going to be tough. <laughs> and Vince kind of chuckles and says, all right, we'll be back. <laughs> it's going to be, gonna be like a long segue. night. <laughs> yes. So we come back from commercial, and the ring announcer says, ladies and gentlemen, this boot. So we know they didn't replace the ring announcer at least. He is a full-blooded Canadian. <laughs> You're very happy about this. Yes. <laughs> and they, they they basically gutted the entire thing, replaced it with WWF guys. At least they gave the ring announcer a job. It's very nice. <laughs> yes, very nice. So our opening contest is Greg the Hammer Valentine, managed by Captain Lou Albano. And this kind of threw you for a loop, didn't it? Yeah. One, I, I, I guess I didn't realize Albano was still a heel at that point, And I didn't really know he ever, he ever managed Greg Valentine. But here's one thing I do know, Mike. And uh, this match is going to be going a long time because it takes Greg Valentine 15 minutes just to get warmed up. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. And <laughs> so his opponent is Salvatore Balomo. Who big ups. Big ups. It's going to be tough doing the show with uh, without Sal here. Yes, it is. That's a reference that 
just the two of us get, I think. <laughs> That's okay. That's right. So Salvatore Baloma, yes, recently passed on, uh, but he is in this match with Greg Valentine in 1984. Vince McMahon and Angelo spend the beginning of the match talking about Captain Lou Albano's stomach. Well, it's very, it's, it's out there. <laughs> it is, it's out there. And Vince uh, calls it extraordinary girth. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, God. Vince, like, I don't know what it is about Vince McMahon. He hates Captain Luke. He really, I, I, you can feel it. It's not like just a guy who, just the, the way he talks about Captain Lou Bano over the years, not just on this program. I just have a feeling. Like, yeah, he does not like Captain Lou. That's my feeling on the matter. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I know you don't like when we reference other podcasts, but on the Bruce Pritchard podcast, I think he's kind of indicated that Captain Lou was kind of a pain in the ass and a drunk. <laughs> that too. I was witness to that. He, he did some <laughs> shots in uh, NWA New England. Oh boy, he's very uh, yeah. I mean, still great to. See, I got to see him do cut promos. You know that that thing where he says something, then walks off, and then walks back on again. He did one of those gimmicks. It was like, well, it's kind of cool to see. I mean, one of the most one of the most memorable characters of the of the nineteen eighties, really. I mean, and right a guy right at the center of the the whole rock and wrestling explosion. And oh yeah, um, you know, so he was he was front and center and and everything that was about to happen in the coming. That girls just want to have fun with Cindy Lauper. Yes, that's. I mean, I, I I remember watching and seeing that as a kid. Enough about Captain Lou for the moment. Angela Mosca really loves Sal Balomo's color coordination. There's something very, and I said this when we were watching it. There's something very unnerving about the white stripe that goes around the middle of it, where it makes me just feel like he's he has like undies on over a singlet or something yeah so he's got like it's like a purplish singlet yeah and but yeah there's this white stripe right across the belly that it's just weird it looks it, it it makes me feel uncomfortable do you think it's two pieces do you think you can pull that down i don't know do I, it's I just don't, on it, there i don't know it looks like it should be but you want to be able to pull it down would you like to be able to pull it down? I'd like to be able to pull it down. I think I'll be able to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at one point, Sal Balomo has him in a headlock, and you just hear Captain Lou on the outside, chokehold, 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 choke, literally for like a minute and a half straight, just chokehold, chokehold, and the ref doing what everyone else in the arena is doing, just ignoring him. <laughs> I couldn't ignore him. Hey, apparently, you don't like Captain yeah. Albano either. <laughs> so, so far, you've called him a drunk and uh, complained about him, you know, being a heel. Well, back to Captain Lou again. <laughs> he gets a, a kick in on Sal Balomo when Sal gets tossed to the floor by Valentine, and Angelo says it makes him want to get out of his seat. <laughs> but he's not going to. <laughs> no, Vince says, "Come on, Ann." <laughs> Balomo showed I, 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 this was a very impressive outing for Sal Balomo because I'm used to seeing him in like three four minute squashes and this was like what like a ten minute like ends up being like yeah. a ten minute match where it was a lot of back and forth but uh, pretty impressive athleticism for for very, Balomo very impressive standing drop kick yes which like, he hit more than once which just by the looks of of Salvatore Balomo you're not you're thinking like there's no way this guy could throw a standing drop kick like that, but he got some height, like right at right, yeah, right at under the Valentine. chin. Yeah, yeah, tremendous. Not to mention the cartwheel that comes up a little later. <laughs> well, let's skip over right to the finish. What do you say? <laughs> sure, because I didn't write about anything else. All right. One of the most realistic struggles to obtain a a a leg hold 
Yeah, it was it was it was actually really great. And most times it's just guy laying there and he gets the figure four put on him, but he actually put up a fight and fought it and working, brother. Yeah, and they went back and forth. It was like it a was, struggle. It was, it was like a tug of war. Yeah, it was great. It was it was really good. So I liked this match. Like yeah. it, I thought it was a I thought it was a really good match and I, I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't just like your typical you know, it felt like more than just like a get over match for Valentine. Like ultimately he went over, but um, in this match, it, that's, I, I actually had said to you, remarked to you, I go, "What was Salvatore Palomo like big in this territory, or, or like why? You know, why is he getting a ten minute fifty fifty match with Greg Valentine at this point, who is pretty close to coming up here, going to be the Intercontinental Champion? I think. Yeah, I think it's he was, kinda... he, he was the Intercontinental Champion going into WrestleMania one, right? And I think, like, I think this is building towards. I mean, they're still what, you know, five six months away, but. I mean, building towards WrestleMania 1, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he was along the level of like an SD Jones and later like a Leaping Lanny Poffo, a guy that could give a heel a little bit of trouble, but in the end, you know, he's going to, you know, do the he's job. He's not a full jobber. Right, right, right. So, yeah, in the end, it's the figure four leg lock. He does end up sinking it in, and the. Submission comes very quickly after that. So, Greg the Hammer Valentine, you winner of this opening contest here on Maple Leaf Wrestling. And we go backstage to Mr. Personality, Billy Red Lions. And he interviews, I mean, the real Mr. Personality, especially in your mind. The Hulkster, brother. The immortal one. Yes. Hulk Hogan. Did you notice Hulk's t-shirt here had like, I've never seen this before from the Hulkster, but it had like these little like slits all along the The neck of it. Yeah, Yeah, it was very weird. It was a little different. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. He did different things with the shirts back then. A little revealing, if you ask me. <laughs> Hogan here, a little more subdued than he would later be. Yeah, he's not all greased up. He's not all like. I mean, when I think of Hogan from this era, I think of like his muscles like just glistening with baby oil, looking like they're gonna rip through his skin. He was, you know, hair was dry, skin was dry. You don't when you don't think of Hogan, you don't usually think of these. Like, you know, like, all right, everybody's lined up. All right, Hogan, you're next here. Step in. Right, right, right. That's exactly what it was. That's what it was. He talks about how he thinks he crossed the international date line. He's been up for 26 hours. He went to the Gold's Gym in Winnipeg, then went to Montreal. So I think he said Doug's Gym. Something like that, yeah. Well, Doug, you know Doug in Montreal. I do know Doug. Dougie. Uh, so it, it ended with a very lax, what you going to do? It wasn't the what you're gonna do. It's what you gonna do, brother. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, wasn't the best Hulk Hogan promo I've ever seen. It wasn't a, a full Hulkster. Yeah, no. it's still 1984. Yeah, and it's he's in Canada. I mean, yeah, he's on. been the champion for how long? When did he win the title? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I can't say too much about Canada. I think I might actually really have to go to Canada in a couple of months. So, oh, you don't want to? Uh, okay, I, I, I want to upset the, the wonderful people of uh, Toronto, Canada. I love them very much. Big fans of the Bouncers. Bouncers are a big fan of Toronto, Canada. I love you guys up there. Happy to be here. Happy to be doing Maple Leaf Wrestling. There you go. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. We go on to our next match. It is featuring, from Greece, Despina Montegas, which was pronounced 15 different ways. It could be a descendant of mine. It could be cousins or something. Possibly. Yeah. Look that up. Ancestry DNA, right? Yeah, I'll just swab my mouth, send it, and let the government uh, add me to their catalog of DNA. <laughs> So Despina is tagging with Leilani Kai versus Velvet McIntyre and Princess Victoria, who are the WWF Ladies Tag Team Champions. What? Yeah. I thought I thought 
Sasha Banks and Bailey were the first ever. I guess they're the first ever WWE. Yes, this is the WWF ladies, and they won the WWE women's. Yes. So. Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> yeah, yes. So Velvet McIntyre and Princess Victoria are the tag team champions. Princess Victoria, uh, like a Native American gimmick. Velvet McIntyre, just uh, uh, broad. Is she from Ireland? Is she from Ireland? Yeah, that's what they said. From Ireland? Really? Yes, that's what they announced her from, is from Ireland. Yes, and... Precursor uh, to Becky Lynch. Mm, and Leilani Kai is uh, from Hawaii. So she it's is. many different regions represented here in this tag team matchup. So Vince lets us know that it's a non-title match. Yes, I did hear the announcement uh, also over the PA, like like PA announcer scrambling to announce it as a non-title match, which almost, Im- yeah, which almost immediately tells you the champs are probably losing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Angelo Mosca, Brian. I think he, he was like a precursor to Jerry the King Lawler. On commentary for this match. <laughs> yeah, he was, um, I mean, in a word, sexist. <laughs> yes. So he starts off saying, don't bother me, Vince. I'm intrigued <laughs> by this tag team matchup well. with four women. So uh, Despina comes out of the gate swinging, knocking people all over the place, tossing people aside. And Angelo says, I don't want to date with her. I don't think she'd want to date with him either. No. Unless he's got that Miller Lite. He's got a case of Miller Lite. He's got that Miller Lite money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Mike? Well, Despina likes Miller Lite. Oh, okay. Maybe. Who doesn't? Hey, Miller Lite, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, nice beer. Uh, I mean, it'd be perfect for, for what we have going on with the bouncers. Hey, Brian. It's Miller time. <laughs> hey, don't say that. They didn't pay for that. Uh, Brian. Uh, so this is when on our recording we were watching this digital mess happened across the screen yes and i thought it was we both thought it was like something with my tv so you like stopped it rewinded it yeah and no it's just the the recording the entire match was just this mess yeah we were basically watching this garbled like crap across the screen and listening to uh angelo mosca make sexist comments for 15 (laughs) minutes (laughs) yes and speaking of which he says most of these girls can hold their own with men in more ways than one. Oh, boy. I don't know. I think I'm doing a little bit of like a Christopher Lloyd thing here. Like, <laughs> a little talk it was crowd. a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okie doke. Uh, so I mean, in this women's tag team match, you know, you talk about women's wrestling in the 80s and stuff like that, but they did a perfect job of the whole uh, luring in the baby face spot to do the double team in the heel corner. It was done perfectly in this match, and I give them a lot of credit for that. Then from there, Despina is hitting forearms in the corner on one of the baby faces, and Angela Mosca's, I wonder if that's what she does to her husband at night. <laughs> <laughs> that's heavy, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> How was how my Marty McFly? Not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Not bad. So uh, Victoria, Princess Victoria ends up getting the hot tag and does the stereotypical war dance. You got to. You have to. But then Despina on the apron pulls her down by the hair. She's coming off the ropes. Lilani Kai hits the big splash. We get a one count. We get a two count. Villa McIntyre is in. Despina is in. And in this whole mess... The referee hits three, apparently, and no one really knows it. The ring announcer doesn't know it. The timekeeper certainly doesn't because the bell doesn't ring, and Vince and Angelo are a little confused for a moment, but then they say that you know the referee 
never doubted it for a second. He went and raised uh, Leilani and Despina's hand, and they have pinned the ladies' tag team champions, sure to earn a title match down the line. So I was actually going to pin it on the referee, and this is where I was actually going to give you credit for, like, you know, we talk about the importance of referees, and I give you crap, and that's all in all in jest because the referee's a very important piece. And if he had acted with any sort of goddamn authority and, like, ringing the bell and, like, I, I think that would have been different. I, I actually blame him for how weird this came off. It was awkward as shit. Well, part of it was, yeah, the the bell didn't ring. That was a big part of it. Well, the referee never really signaled for it. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. But guy, he, he has, sucked. He was not good. He was not good throughout the match. But he did walk right over there and raise their arms. He so. did. Cause, I mean, but he, he didn't take authority in the moment. I, I, I pinned it on him a little bit, and, and I think it outlined the importance of having a – a good referee, especially if you're going to do a weird finish like that. I don't like you maligning the official here on this. Oh, boy. <laughs> Trying to agree with you. and Good God. Let's move on to Billy Red Lions backstage with the soul man, Rocky Johnson. This is the Rock's dad. Yes. And I was typing like a madman this whole finish for the women's tag team match that we were just talking about. And I wasn't paying attention until he says, he's like a bucking horse. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, 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 what? <laughs> yes, he said bucking horse, not a, a fucking horse. <laughs> but it really caught me off guard. And I was oh, 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 okay, Jesus. That must be any other words he said besides brother, 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 <laughs> brother, brother. Well, he also, in all of this, he put over Hulk Hogan as everyone. They're friends. As everyone is forced to do. He's training with them. Yes. And he talked about Hogan's 24-inch pythons and Billy Redline. <laughs> Pulls the microphone and says, well, close to it. Like 23 and a half. <laughs> Billy, Billy Red, like, put over the 24-inch pythons. Come on. It's all about Hogan. It's 1984, for fuck's sake. I don't know if Billy Red has the ability to put over anybody. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so that is it for Rocky Johnson. We come back from commercial. Kamala coming down to ringside with Friday. Yes. Not kimchi. Not kimchi. And you had a philosophical debate. You wanted to discuss the fact, is Friday a different person in, like, storyline? Is it a different person from Kim Chi? Or is it just, he changed his name? Yeah, like, I wonder if there was, like, an actual, you know, like, sometimes with somebody, like, a sale of a contract. Or was it just, like, was it just, like, hey, we need something that's more racist sounding. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Friday's not, Friday's not good. Let's go to Kim, let's go Kim Chi. Well, Friday, I saw, was wearing shorts, and Kim Chi wore the long pants, so maybe they were two different guys. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I was also, it was kind of like twofold what I was talking about, too, because I was also wondering, like, was it the same fella that was under the mask every time, or were they rotating people? Like, I wonder how that all played out, too. Well, from what I understand, Kim Chi was mostly Steve Lombardi, also would be Danny Davis at the time. But I, I think neither of those guys were full-time WWF when Kamala was having his first run. Has there ever been a kimchi or Friday action figure, I wonder? Huh. Probably be, not. I don't think a, so. That'd be a good one, huh? Maybe. Like a two-pack with Kamala. It's good. That's really good, Why don't right? you talk to your boys over at the uh, major... <laughs> yeah, my boys. Like figure podcast. <laughs> it's your favorite podcast now, right? It's great. It's tremendous. I love Second it. Second to ours, right? Yes. Okay. Just checking. So Kamala's opponent here, Andre the Giant. The French Giant. <laughs> that is uh, what he's called by Billy Red Lions <laughs> later, later. But this match was not a part of the TV taping that we are 
watching here. No, and who's doing commentary on this match? Because it's not Vince and, and Mosca. I believe it's Billy Red Lions. Is it? It's the same voice. And the, 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 I mean, it, you can tell. I mean, it, one, it's not. You can tell it's not really shot for TV. It's like one camera that it's the dude is just walking around the ring with it because there's some very hard cuts in the match as well. Yeah, I mean, it's he's not even walking around the ring. He's literally in like the fourth row. <laughs> it seems like it's a fan with a camcorder. Yeah, and he and it's like it's very dark, and you can tell it's just not. I mean, for TV, like even then they had lights, and you know it, it, it was very dark and grainy. It, it, yeah, it felt like a, it was it felt like something like you'd unearth, like coming across on YouTube, not on an, on a television program, just like you know somebody discovered this footage in their parents' VHS tapes and posted it on YouTube, sort of thing. Right, it's like the old um, it's a house show match. Yeah, and it was from a house show on September 9th, so just a couple weeks prior. And this match, chops and punches. <laughs> yes, uh, I just want to also say, like Andre and Trunks is obscene. <laughs> like, the line there was uh, riding a little high. It was, and then just it wasn't his, full cheek coverage. His belly just hanging over like the front of him, and just like Trunks were not Andre's friend at this point. No, he was uh, very close to, I think, uh, first the haircut and then the shoulder strap, the one shoulder gimmick. Billy Red Lions is doing the commentary, as I mentioned, and he says, so while this is going on, these chops and punches, let's bring you up to date on matches coming to your area. (laughs) And then nothing. It doesn't say anything. (laughs) It goes dead for like three minutes, (laughs) which I guess they're probably laying that in later, but we didn't hear it. Apparently not. So, chops, chops, and chops as Kamala is trying to knock down Andre the Giant. Neither guy known exactly for their great in-ring work. <laughs> no. And then, it's a trapezius hold, Kingpin. Trapezius hold. This is this the problem, I think, sometimes with matches like this? is On paper, they sound great, and it's probably sold a ton of... Like, Andre the Giant versus Kamala in 1984 probably sold a shit ton of tickets because you're like, you know, as a fan, like, oh my god, like, I have to see this. But I think I think even this day and that day and age where fans weren't as educated, I, I gotta imagine there's a lot of people just sitting there like, oof, this is what... This is what I paid to see. This is why it was uh, a guy taping it from the fourth row. No one ever blocked his view. No one ever stood up. <laughs> no arm went in the air. You saw the ring perfectly from the fourth row. That's why. Because there was nothing happening. and No one was excited about this match at all. So the trapezius hold was happening. Trapezius. Trapezius. Oh, Brian. We have breaking fake news. We are breaking into this trucking through the territory segment to bring you breaking fake news. Just this past week, our old friend Sergeant Slaughter. Oh boy. Made a comment on Fox News, I understand. Oh no. And made an interesting claim. We've talked before. Sarge's Tall Tales. We've talked before about Sarge's Tall Tales. He said that he came up with Yokozuna. He was the first person to have music. What else? Uh, they, well, they had to move WrestleMania 7 right. in, in, indoors because of uh, all the heat on him, and there might be snipers. Yes. So there's plenty of uh, these examples. He, and was, he was he was going to uh, be the lead singer of some 80s hair band. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one that's out there. 
Uh, he turned down the uh, the lead role in the recent G.I. Joe yes, movie. The one a few years ago, yes. yes. Yep. And uh, he also stretched everyone the first day of wrestling school, I heard on a podcast. Yep. Uh, well, this one, Kingpin, he talks about how he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2004. He says, you don't win titles, you earn titles. And to earn the right to be a Hall of Famer, you have to be voted in by your peers. And he was unanimously voted in to the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> unanimously, Kingpin. Oh, well, you gave us some insight on how the process works, I guess, then, right? Yes, they send out ballots <laughs> to all current and past WWF employees, and they all vote. I just always thought it was like the McMahons and like the higher-ups sitting in a boardroom. No, no. This one on Fox News. Oh, okay. And, uh, it must be true then. <laughs> it must be true because Sergeant Slaughter was the first to be unanimously voted in to the Hall of Fame. I'm thinking he saw Mariano Rivera, the news on Mariano Rivera, and piggybacked off that. Is what I'm <laughs> guessing. <laughs> so yes, now that is breaking fake news, uh, brought to you by our friend Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Back to Maple Leaf Wrestling. I wish Tarzan was here for that. <laughs> I already brought it up to him in the uh, group chat. Oh, you should have recorded it. It <laughs> had to be. He must have. Like, of course. He probably kicked a puppy. <laughs> uh, Sarge is at it again. All right. Back to Maple Leaf Wrestling from 1984. They were still in the trapezius hold. <laughs> that whole time. The whole time? <laughs> yes. Until eventually Andre the Giant kind of collapses onto the mat. Kamala's on top of him, but shoulder is still up, so Andre is not being pinned. Can we get to the actual entertaining parts of this match, please? There are entertaining parts of this match? There was a part that, that made us both laugh hysterically. Well, I just can't believe someone looked at this and said, this is a house show match, right? Didn't have to be on TV. Someone looked at this and said... I'm sorry, this needs to be on TV immediately. <laughs> Find that kid that is holding that camcorder in the seventh row... Get that tape. Bring it to me immediately. We have to get this on the air within the next couple weeks. And they did. <laughs> they sure did. So what is this entertaining part of the match you're talking about? The Kamala cell with the Jimmy legs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Kamala uh, is on top of Andre. Then Andre rolls over on top of him. And uh, the ref counts one, two, kick out. And when Andre uses the ropes to do his signature... Ass splash that I uh, that I have lifted and changed a little bit. You've you made know? your own. Yeah, take, take, you know what's old will be new again. Yes. Yeah, so he does the uh, ass splashes. Everyone knows the Andre. He grabs onto the ropes and just sits on the guy multiple times. Yes. And yes, uh, Kamala's sell of that was quite comical. Yes, it was straight up Jimmy legs. It yeah, just he just <laughs> shook his legs for literally like 10 seconds. <laughs> I guess that's how you should really respond to getting someone's ass dropped on you. Yes. Why not? So Andre hit a big boot and a modified seated splash, which kind of looked like a leg drop. Oh, he devastated them. <laughs> and so it's one, two, and then Friday runs in and kind of almost tackles the ref to stop him from counting to three. Moments later, the ref calls for the disqualification, and that is it. we got to come back with it again next month. Yeah, because we go to the locker room. Our friend Billy Red is there. 
with Andre the French standing giant. awkwardly. <laughs> like the camera's like the camera is so wide on him too. Like it's like it's like the it's like there's no zoom on the camera. So if you're in like it's in like a locker room and like Billy Red's in like one corner and in the opposite corner of the locker room is the cameraman way zoomed out on him. Well, they're prepared for the very large gentleman that's going to be coming into frame in moments. Yes. So Andre walks in and your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> you should try to splice this in if you can. Andre, I tell you where you're coming at, swing with it. Well, I couldn't get the in the dress room. Huh? Well, you know what that's where that's waiting for. I know you have every right to be upset, enraged, but I have. I want to wrestle against him. I don't want anybody to interfere in my match. If Friday wants to be in that swing, that's okay with me. I go with a handicap match. But I don't want to win a match that way. Well, there there you have it. It's so good. I I literally, the the only thing is, I think he said handicap match a couple times, and I don't want to win like that. That's the only things I made out. The rest of it was straight up gibberish. The only thing harder to understand than Andre the Giant promos is angry Andre the Giant promos, <laughs> where I he's mean, yelling and screaming. It was literal gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the best part is at the very end, Andre says, do you understand that? Yeah. <laughs> and Billy Red's like, I understand that. <laughs> and actually, I think he did because in the end of the promo, Billy Red is basically translating the promo and basically, <laughs> you know, he reiterates to the camera. Maybe it what... was in French. I don't think so. No? Okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't. I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt. So, uh, yeah, I think what we're getting out of this is Andre wants Friday in the ring with Kamala two on one down the line. That kid's going to film from the second row next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. So from there, we cut abruptly to Piper's Pit. This is some abrupt, quite a few abrupt cuts in this thing. Yeah, because, I mean, when we go to it, Roddy Piper's already sitting there. Jack Tunney. Vice President of the World Wrestling Federation. Yes, the future president sitting next to him. There's no introductions. It's just Piper's just basically in the middle of a, of a sentence when this thing starts. And he's talking about how... Tunney's office must be tired of getting all the fan mail from Roddy Piper and, uh, you know, everyone praising him in the mail. And Tunney says the content of the letters might not be quite what Piper is saying. And I'm getting the feeling that Jack Tunney is opening other people's mail. (laughs) Yeah, what's the deal with that? Yeah, why are the letters all going to Jack Tunney? Yeah, I mean, they all come into the office, but you're supposed to distribute them to the talents. You don't go and it's like a prison there. Well, it kind of is, you know, the, the whole thing. But So I've he's, heard. <laughs> he's, he's going in and opening up the letters and checking, making sure there's no contraband, I guess. And Hulk Hogan is the most popular from reading all of his letters. So Jack Tunney talking about uh, Hogan and Piper and leading into, I guess, WrestleMania is coming up. Piper then throws out the line, I'm the kind of guy who just likes to wander around, and boom, <laughs> we're out of it. Yeah. I. In the middle of another sentence, we, we cut had, out. We rewound it to see what we missed, and no, I no mean, he just quotes an old song, and The Wanderer. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Right to commercial. Yep. That's all you need. <laughs> we come back. And Billy... You put asses in seats, right? That's what promos do? 
They sure do. Yeah, I'm sure they sold lots of tickets. There was at least two guys sitting in seats <laughs> in Piper's Pit. So we come back to Billy Red Lions backstage. Billy Red again, huh? Once again. And he's going to bring out a guy from Quebec. I love Quebec. I've been there before. Billy Red's like from Canada, right? Why is he saying Quebec? Isn't Quebec kind of like the bastard child to Canada? Like they don't even really want to be part of Canada. I'm pretty sure they tried to secede a few times. So I don't think people like. I don't think free people. I don't think. Oh, I think it's more like the people from Quebec, the French-speaking Canadians, don't like the English-speaking Canadians. There's like a thing there. Really? Yeah. Huh. Learn your fucking history. <laughs> I guess you've been studying since you might be going up there, huh? You got to. I love Canada. <laughs> you do. So Mad Dog Vachon from Quebec is how I think it's pronounced. He comes out with Billy Red Lions. He's literally like a foot and a half shorter. He is. He's so short. Just a little fella. <laughs> but a, a mean, a mean mugging Mad Dog Vachon. How about those teeth? Uh, the ones that are there? Yeah. yeah. Some are here, some are there. They have the summer teeth. Oh, they looked uh, very nasty, the ones that were there. <laughs> the ones that remained, yeah. So it's a little interesting, this promo, because Mad Dog is talking about these invaders from south of the border coming into Maple Leaf Wrestling, basically just acknowledging that WWF has taken over everything. And he's, Shoot, brother. Yeah, and he's still there, and he's going to fend off this evil force coming into his territory. Spoiler, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Shocking. So he calls it the World Wrecking Federation because they're basically wrecking everything up there. It's very clever. It is. Wordplay. <laughs> it is wordplay. <laughs> so from there, we go to the next boot. It is from Italy, Nick DiCarlo and Quick Draw Rick McGraw. All right. Who's another one of these little step above jobbers versus... Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik with Mr. Fred Blassie. With entrance music. Yeah, it is some... I don't ever heard that before. Yes, Vince McMahon says, we hear in the background some kind of music. <laughs> he doesn't even know. No, it's I've never heard it before for Sheik and Volkov. And speaking of music we've never heard before, Nikolai grabs the microphone and sings... Not the Russian national anthem that we've come to know. Yeah, no, it wasn't the usual, like, <laughs> It's something completely different. It must be like how you have the Star Spangled Banner, then you have America the Beautiful. Yeah, maybe, huh? It must be like the Russia the Beautiful <laughs> Russia kind the of beautiful, thing. Huh? Don't quote me on that. He got through the whole thing, too. He did. Nobody interrupting. Where's Hacksaw Jim Duggan? The fans chanting, Iran sucks. And the Sheik was, like, kind of subdued. Like, he grabbed the mic for a second, just goes, Iran number one, and then just didn't do the whole... The whole rest of the bit, you know? He could have said Canada. I guess he didn't really understand how to switch how to out switch USA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Switch it up. He didn't want to Couldn't call improv. Yeah, no. <laughs> so Volkov, to start this match, is on the apron, and he vaults over the top to land on the apron, which... Majestic. Quite surprising <laughs> of a man that of that uh, size and stature. He's not like a, he's not impressive looking. I mean, he's impressive in that he's big, barrel chested, but like doesn't look athletic in any way, shape, or form. But he really is. Yeah. And so Iron Sheik starts the match. The babyface is on top for a little while. A, a tag on the babyface side, and Nick DiCarlo holds the Iron Sheik for Rick McGraw. Rick McGraw kind of pops him on the chin, which is a little. Different for the baby faces. Usually, it's you know they they ring the arm. They looks like they were getting booed too when they got introduced. No, 
Yeah, the baby faces uh, got booed pretty pretty soundly. Well, I know Nick DiCarlo was actually a part of Maple Leaf before the WWF invasion. He's one of the guys, one of the holdovers that was still there. Maybe he was a heel in Maybe. the old... I don't know. Yeah, he, they definitely got soundly booed. Uh, we missed the cutoff of this match, but as it turns out, we really didn't miss much because I had you rewind. <laughs> it's like, oh, what, what was the cutoff? What was the... Eye rake. A little eye rake. A little eye rake. This match sucked. It wasn't great. No, not great is giving it too much credit. This, this match sucked. So Mick McGraw is uh, bumbling around for a while, gets a tag out of nowhere in the middle of the match. DiCarlo comes in, house of fire, momentarily, another eye rake, and then the heels are back on top again. So lots of fun with eye poking. Something I will always stop you, from what I understand. <laughs> sure will. The end of the match, Nikolai Volkov. <sighs> Had DiCarlo in his arms, and he swings him up over his head into a press slam position, but has the atomic wedgie <laughs> yes, he of does. the trunks. Thank God uh, yeah, he, uh, DiCarlo had black undies on, too. Yes. So he goes from there. I mean, it isn't quite a full press. It's not even a press. He's like resting on top of his head. Yeah. It's tough because I guess the material on the, the trunks. The up was impressive, but right. didn't fully get him into the press. The trunks were too stretchy. He couldn't uh, pull them <laughs> up off of his head. So far up his ass. So from there, he brings him down onto his knee. In one motion, a backbreaker or a kidney breaker, I guess, according to Vince, says he hit him right in the kidney and lands right on his shoulders, right into a pinning predicament. Ugh, it looked ugly. Like, when I first saw it, like, I, I did the all, like, oh, like, I cringed. And then you went around it. You wanted to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. That was the that was the victory there for the team of the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And Vince says, let's go to our ring announcer for the official time. And the ring announcer doesn't give the official time. <laughs> so I'm sure this guy barely held on to his job with Maple Leaf Wrestling when WWF invaded, and I'm sure he was gone. Out on his ass. What's Out that? on his ass. What's all that a boot? <laughs> Who knows? So we go backstage to our boy Red, and he is with Captain Louis Albano. And uh, Lou says that he brought Kempatera to the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. I guess he didn't get the memo yet. That's just the WWF now. <laughs> and he goes through Kempatera's measurements. His neck, his bicep, his calf. Screwed up at one point. Yeah, he gave his bicep measurement to his calf or vice versa. I really wanted to know what his calf was. <laughs> I think he said 19 inches. He did. Yeah. If you really need to know. Yeah, he did. So, 60 inch chest. Yes. It's quite impressive. Uh, what's yours at? I don't fucking know. Okay. Uh, Albano says he will speak to the people of Canada in French. I, I thought this was going to be a total gag, by the way, as far as like, I thought he was going like, to just speak gibberish or like or just like say something stupid. But he actually spoke French pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it sounded authentic. I think it was. I, I'm sure he said something, you know. Derogatory. Off, yeah, something. But it, it, yeah, he's, who knew Captain Luke could speak French? But he wasn't speaking that trashy Canadian French. He was speaking no, Parisian, Parisian French. That's what French. I learned Parisian French when oh, I was you, in school. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't remember. I can't remember any of it. I don't. I can't. I took it for five years, and I can't speak it, read it, or write it. Wee oui, wee. Oui. No. All right. <laughs> it cuts off Billy Red basically in the middle of doing the outro to this, and the video ends. That was it. Yeah. 
That's how the show ends. Yep. So you go with a Captain Lou Albano promo talking generally about nothing. Doesn't plug a match. Nothing happening. And you said it was a hell of a main event. <laughs> That's how we end Maple Leaf Wrestling. September 22nd, 1984. I looked around to see if perhaps there was more to the show. No, there were no more matches. That was the final match of that edition of Maple Leaf Wrestling. And you you sat here earlier complaining that they just put superstars on and branded it Maple Leaf Wrestling. Now you know why. Because <laughs> this ended up being some garbage. There's some, good, there's some good stuff on it, but it was just it was just a train wreck from like an editing standpoint, really. Yeah, I it was think tough to watch. I think uh, you know they still had the Canadian editors. It's just all mishmash shit. It was like. They got the they had the footage that they'd shot and then they had the promos and just it was just mishmash shit that they all just threw together. The Piper's Pit is just still mind boggling <laughs> to me. No intro into it, just they're there in the middle of it and they get out before they're over with it's it. Like what, like a minute maybe? Minute and a half? Yeah. And Quick. again, nothing accomplished. Just Piper putting himself just over. Just there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So check out uh, I think we'll put the link on the description of the episode, September 22nd, 1984, if you want to check this out. We watched it so you don't have to, basically. <laughs> we, uh, you know, you guys are welcome. We make the sacrifices for you. Yes. So that is it for this month. Trucking through the territories. We do it on the first week of every month. So next month, I think we're heading back to the States. All right. So check it out. Thank you, Canada. I love you. You're beautiful. The beginning of April, we'll uh, give you some more trucking through the territories. All right, we want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our trucking through the territory segment. Use the hashtag WPAN, or you can call the voicemail line, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And Kingpin, we do have a voicemail. Again? Yes. Wow. And ironically, I think we were talking about this gentleman earlier. Oh, really? Let's take a listen to this voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Leo Connors. I'm at work. Mount Pleasant Elementary School. I'm about Collision Pro Wrestling, a little funny thing that you guys probably don't know. It was, well, it was run by Brian Weiss, but I was the ring announcer for that first three shows in uh, Lowell at the YMCA. Um, he used to let me bring my merchandise, and, he, you know, he wouldn't pay me, which was fine. And then after the third show, he told me to buy a tux. And I couldn't bring my merchandise anymore. So that was the end of Leo the Ring announcer. Also, one other thing is uh, Bobby Fish, excuse me, was on all three shows. And he had three different names. Jerk Jackson, Madden Fisher, Bobby Fish. Guys, thanks. Take care of yourself. So, yeah, Leo was interesting. the enemy. Yeah, I don't I don't remember Leo being the ring announcer. I was on one of those shows. The th- you I were? I was on the third one, I think. Yeah. Did it rule? Did not rule. Did it rule asshole? I don't even know who I wrestled. I might have wrestled uh, Cleon. Really? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I don't remember. Really. But I do I do remember Bobby Fish having, being Jerk Jackson and whatever this middle one was and then Bobby Fish ultimately. But I can't believe you were on those shows. I was on one. One. My God. Go back and listen to gotta, Indie gotta Politics. Go, gotta go where the money is, brother. Go back and listen to Indie Politics. Uh, a lot of people yeah, enjoyed re- that episode. I refuse to play Indie Politics. And I just work where I want. I'm a free agent, or I was a free agent at the time. I guess so. Episode 148. I'm not a free agent currently, Michael. From I'm what I understand, yeah. Contracted wrestler to Ring of Honor Wrestling. Very proud. 
You are very proud. All right. Well, thank you very much, Leo. Maybe we'll talk to you a little later on. 401-584-9726 if you want to call into the voicemail line. 401-584-WPAN. Booking the Territory is a podcast, and they do it twice a week, Sundays and Thursdays. They're talking about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They're talking about Jim Crockett Promotions. That is Mike Mills. That is Higher Body Harper. That is Doc Turner. So much going on there with Booking the Territory. They're killing it these days. Check out MikeMills.Podbean.com for all the uh, information and links to listen to Booking the Territory. Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's finale week, Kingpin. Episode 120 this week from Ooh. Our Vantage Point with Joe Morata and Michael Rankins. Quinn. Yes, we're going to find out the final top 10 of the greatest announcers of all time who's yours i mean jim i would say jim ross but i think i'm i'm his more recent stuff is kind of tainting the older stuff a little bit the access tv stuff yeah i mean (laughs) he's he's an older gentleman now well you know doesn't know who the briscoes are and the difference between them or (laughs) yeah he i mean i think you know that Jim, whom I did criticize Jim Ross, but the, those uh, New Japan, the New Japan show that he did, at least the first one was rough. Yeah, but I mean, I think probably overall Jim Ross. So check out who ends up being number one in the Royal Rankings with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn on our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, ovppodcast.com If you want to go and listen and subscribe, then there's greetings from Allentown with PW. Peter Winston, he's a big fan of Maple Leaf Wrestling. Hope he enjoys this episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Check out at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. Find him on the Pro Wrestling Only feed at ProWrestlingOnly.com. Or you can find him on his own feed. Greetings from Allentown is the name of the podcast. A great show. A single man doing a single... I thought he was married. He is married. Excuse me. I completely messed up there. Rundown Wrestling Podcast. It just abandoned ship. <laughs> Jason Stewart, Troy, all the rest over there on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Check out rundownwrestling.com for news on the ton of wrestling podcasts going on over there on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Subscribe to that feed and enjoy. Brian, let's talk about some alums from Chaotic Wrestling or New England in general. I mean, these guys are big names in New England that have made it to the national spotlight. Uh, you know, thanks, Mike. We've talked about my contract already, but if you want to talk about it again, we certainly can. Or maybe Madison Square Garden or whatever, you know. Well, guys that are of your ilk. They're not you, <laughs> but they're approaching Malona's status. How about Kofi Kingston? What's been happening with him the past month or so? amazing uh, absolutely amazing uh to see you know we saw the beginnings we saw how hard of a worker kofi is yeah uh who beat him in his last match in the independence me <laughs> <laughs> all right sean <laughs> but uh just to see him get what what he deserves what what he's earned at this point is i, I mean i had chills watching that the elimination chamber match and then there's a couple times where i was starting to feel like oh my god are they gonna is this gonna happen <laughs> is this gonna happen <laughs> like and then uh i mean 10 years after his first push by yeah. the way <laughs> yes very unceremoniously ended um, stupid stupid um but I mean, I I don't know where the story's going. I I know where it looks like it's going, right? And that would just don't be, jinx it. Yeah, that would just be so tremendous. And I'm, 
if he were to have that moment uh, on that stage, I'm not sure that I wouldn't shed a tear. <laughs> so yeah, it's if it happens, it's incredible. It'd be, yeah, it'd be great. What what's happened so far is incredible to see the fans uh, just kind of respond to him in that way. Just unbelievable. And he, you just Kofi's the same guy as the day we met him. Yeah, you know he's he's still the same guy. I mean he. he you know, he recorded something for us even, you know, when we asked him to. Just um, one of the most genuine, true people I've ever met in, in, in my life. Forget pro wrestling. I've ever met in my life. So everything that's happening, he deserves. And please let this be the time that it all just comes together for him. Because if there's anybody that deserves it, it's 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 Kofi. Did you pay him his money yet? <laughs> Get out the fuck out of here. <laughs> Check out the very end of episode 100 if you want to hear Kofi's uh, contribution to wrestling podcast about nothing. It's very, uh, very funny. And you still owe him to be his friend. <sighs> Anyways. Kofi Kingston. Uh, yeah, that'd be absolutely fantastic if this whole thing were to come to fruition. Like it seems to be building up, but you never know. Uh, maybe you'll get over there. And uh, be able to congratulate him in person. No, <laughs> probably no? not. But... You're not thinking that it will uh, be looked at favorably? No, I just think I'll be sitting in Brian Fury's living room oh, okay. like I have been for the past number of years. Okay. You know, I, I wouldn't assume we're going to see you there after you blew us off at the Rumble, but. Oh. <clears throat> <laughs> well, it seems like you're blowing off something this year, Brian. You're not going to be a Cold Fury, Chaotic Wrestling's top event. On the calendar, you've been at every single one. Well, you were in attendance at least for the first. For, I was in, yeah, I was in attendance for the first two, and I've been I've performed on every one since three. So, Cold Fury eighteen coming up in just a couple weeks. What is the date? Uh the fifteenth, March fifteenth. So March fifteenth, same night as Ring of Honor seventeenth anniversary. So that's why you will not be there. That is why I will not be there. I will be uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm not on the 17th anniversary pay per view, but that's the day I'm traveling. So it's very bittersweet. You know, it's for a great reason. Um, you know, it means that's what everybody. You know, that's everybody. Is what everybody aspires to. It's the chaotic wrestling. The tagline is what the birthplace of stars, and the whole thing is to hopefully move on and, and move up and it took me a little longer than others but I, I guess what you're supposed to do but it's it's bittersweet missing a cold fury like it's very bittersweet like i when i reached i had to reach out and tell fury and chase i was like there's like a, i was like sad about it i was actually texting them from atlanta in the ring of honor locker room but i was very sad about it so but big things for them we're about that we're about to talk about yeah, they did find a suitable replacement for you. <laughs> a little bit, you know. I mean. Yes, uh, if you haven't heard, appearing at Cold Fury will be the current reigning and defending NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa. And member of the main roster now. Basically, yeah. He, hmm. he returns to Chaotic Wrestling, his home, where he had his first matches to be a part of Cold Fury. Refereeing again. At least this time he won't be able to screw me. Yes, he did. I, I did say that that he is, has refereed a main event of Cold Fury before, Cold Fury Seven. Yeah, it was Triple Threat, me, Warbeard Hansen, and Brian Logan. So he is back to referee the main event this time of JT Dunn and Josh Briggs. Feather and Brian Logan's cap, huh? Coming out of that that match, victorious over the likes of me and Hansen, huh? Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, Tommaso Champa is going to do a meet and greet as well. So if you can't get over to Vegas. Right? Yeah, if you're in the New England area. If yeah. you're in the New England area, come uh, come one, come all to Haverhill, Massachusetts on March 15th. See Tommaso Ciampa 
and stay for the great stars of well, Ken Cross. I mean, I have to say, I you know go by the Ring of Honor pay per view and watch that instead. I can't, I can't sit here and endorse uh, you know a WWE superstar. Uh, well, you can watch it. On telling you, telling you, go to see him over watching the Ring of Honor 17th anniversary pay per view, which is going to be just tremendous. You can watch that on demand, though, later. Well, you can, but watch it live. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about with Chaotic Wrestling is they're doing... I'm kidding, of course. You get all flabbergasted here. I'm kidding, of course. Chaos for a cause. Chaotic Wrestling, for the first time, is running a show, WrestleMania week, WrestleMania weekend, actually, in New Jersey. WrestleMania week? What weekend is that? Oh, I'm sorry. G1 Supercard weekend. Oh, thank you. Actually, the, the hours before G1 Supercard. Yes. They will be in Rahway, New Jersey, April 6th, 2 p.m. bell time for Chaos for a Cause featuring Tommy Dreamer and the stars of Chaotic Wrestling. And that is a, a big feather in the cap also for Brian Fury for Chaotic Wrestling as a whole. So get your tickets for that as well at chaoticwrestling.com and support that because it's all to benefit Connor's Cure, which is a, a great, great charity. Card. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a fan... Uh, if you're a fan and you're coming to Madison Square Garden that night, there's no excuse not to get your butt over to uh, Rahway, New Jersey for that, that 2 p.m. show. So you can do both. I don't suppose you'd be able to get over there, right? No, probably not. Um, but, I mean, that's for good reason. I mean, I guess we haven't even officially said it here, and I don't want to jinx anything. But, uh, you know, I'm feeling feeling good confident <laughs> of, uh, you know, participating in a in a rather big wrestling event uh, that's taking place in the New York area that weekend. All right. Well, we'll keep our eyes uh, peeled on <laughs> ROHwrestling.com for any information. I mean, I don't know if my participation will necessarily <laughs> be a big hubbub on... <laughs> I mean, you know. Also appearing... Probably already in the ring. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's <laughs> this. I mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, there haven't really been a lot of matches announced yet or anything. But I mean, come on, it's New Japan and and Ring of Honor. I mean, you know, it's going to be it's going to be an absolutely freaking stacked card, just an unbelievable card. And I will be there. You will to witness it in person. Yeah, hopefully, I will be too. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Kingpin. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, fumbling for your phone to yeah, find I'm still, out. I'm still, I'm still not used to where this falls. <laughs> <laughs> to find out where you are. Uh, I, I'm completely thrown off now. Applying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. That's right, Mike. This Friday night, I'm heading up to Lisbon Falls, Maine for NAWA. Uh, great event they're putting on to help the high school up in Lisbon Falls. Find the Facebook event page. I'll be sharing it all week. I have already shared it once, but find the NAWA Facebook page and, and the event for this Friday night's big event in Lisbon Falls. Then, Mike, uh, I'm actually going to make a special appearance at Atlantic Pro Wrestling uh, the very next night, Saturday night, in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Uh, going to be there in attendance. Just going to go in and go in the ring, just talk to the fans a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm not wrestling, but, uh, you know, you might see me, you know, in the ring. Chit-chatting a little bit. Oh boy, nothing big. Just angle alert. No, no angle. No oh. angle. Just oh, excuse uh, me. very heartfelt thank you to the folks there. And I, I, I it would be remiss. And yes, if, I, we, if, yes. We, if we didn't mention this, uh, uh, one of the former, you know, uh, key members of of um, 
the APW locker room and, and somebody who has really become a very close friend of mine over the last few years. And he's somebody who he got upset when I thanked him privately. So he'll be probably upset that I mentioned it publicly. Uh, but somebody who, when I was going through a really dark time with wrestling, uh, brought me into Atlantic Pro Wrestling and really showed me that wrestling could be fun again. For all the people that have helped me, uh, he's one of the guys that's helped me the most over the last few years, and, and I really wouldn't be where I am um, without him because he helped change my mentality of where I was at mentally at that point. Uh, and that's Big Woody, who's been a contributor to this podcast. And yeah, call. if you've been listening for a long time, you remember, yeah. remember Big Woody used so, to be calling all the time. Big Woody's not doing so good right now. He's in the hospital. He's battling. He's fighting. Every day, the news does get a little better, but he's still oh, not out of the woods yet, but uh you know, certainly uh, everybody is pulling for you, Big Woody, and and and, and get better because uh, we still need you here. We still we still need Big Woody as uh, part of our wrestling world. So keep fighting, big man, and uh, somebody who I'm just grateful uh, to to call a friend and appreciative of his help. And like I said, he got when I when I signed my Ring of Honor contract, and I I reached out to him, and he got upset with me for saying that that I wouldn't be here without you. He got very upset with me. Yeah. You know, he's very uh he just he's the type of guy who just does things for people and he doesn't really expect anything in return. Even so much as a thank you, I don't even think he expects. So um we're all pulling for you. Get well, Big Woody. Uh and and, and hopefully uh you'll be get to a point where, you know, we'll see him we'll see him you know, he he was going to be a part of Astromania. I'm still hopeful that you know he can pull through and uh, find a way there. You know, one way or another. Uh, that's my hope. You know, he's a great guy, and just best wishes and get well soon, big guy. Yeah, keep battling. Yes, please. Uh, so then, Mike, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of a downer there, but uh, we'll keep trucking along here. Trucking uh, for, for <laughs> yes, uh, I did mention uh, Ring of Honor's 17th anniversary pay per view happens on. Same night as Cold Fury, Friday night, March 15th. Go to uh, Honor Club, which is now on Fight TV. Um, I did hear that, yeah. yeah. To for this. And it's also on traditional pay-per-view. The very next night, I'll be participating in Ring of Honor's TV taping, international TV taping. This all goes down at the Samstown Hotel and Gambling Hall, uh, rhwrestling.com for tickets if you're out in Vegas for, uh, for this time of, of year. Then, Mike, uh, I believe at this point I will be returning to Chaotic Wrestling on Friday night. March the 29th. How about that? Nice. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what quite I'll be doing yet, but I believe I'll be returning that night. So check out chaoticwrestling.com uh, for tickets and card information. That that great card's in Lowell. That'll be coming off of the heels of Cold Fury. So there'll be lots of fallout, I'm sure. And the very next night, Mike, the big one. Mm. We've been talking about it. We had Johnny Vegas talking about it last week. Astro Mania comes to you live from Pinkerton Academy in Derry, New Hampshire. Lots of big matches. The Bouncers versus the Logan Brothers. You know, Ring of Honor's fastest rising tag team versus one of the greatest tag teams in the history of, of professional wrestling in New England. Uh, that's going to be a great match. Johnny Vegas versus Scotty Slade. Uh, Sethrin and Vanity Vixen will be there. Cam and his weird thing he does now will be there. Robo the Punjabi Lion. Vern Vicala, the Liberty States Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. The Unequaled One and my business partner in this venture, uh, Todd Sopel. And it's all for Pinkerton Academy's class of 2019. Trying to help them out. Trying to raise some money for them. So Astromania LSW for tickets. 
you know, tickets start at just $15, and it gets you in the door a half hour early. So uh, all, all seating is general admission. There's general admission floor, general admission bleachers. But if you buy your tickets ahead of time, you're going to get a better seat because you get to go in the building a half hour early. So astromaniaLSW.com. Com. We gotta do the final push there, King. This is Astromania Month. It is. They're really pushing the podcast. It here. is. This is crazy, Mike. This they is this up. I can't believe how close we are. And that's it. That's that. Uh, yeah, we'll just stop at March. We'll just because you know there's a date. You know that you know there's maybe a date after that we can talk about soon. You don't want to. Uh, okay. I don't want to jinx anything. All right. <laughs> All right. If you want to book the Kingpin, don't book him April sixth. But email <laughs> Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter. At Brian Malonis. Brian, this promo about nothing is from the year 1993. And we're going back to World Championship Wrestling, WCW. 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 And Brian, it's a flare for the gold. Sting is there. Uh-oh. Davy Boy Smith is there. Oh, no. Are we doing it? Sid is there. Harlem Heat and Colonel Rob Parker. There's just one man left to join them, oh, no. my friend. Oh, no. It's been far too long doing this promo about nothing without getting to this man. I won't spoil it. <laughs> Let's check out this promo about nothing. I'm going to let Sting tell the people who the secret partner is going to be. Our partner is going to shock the world because he is none other than the Shock Master! Right. The Shock Master! <laughs> I told you. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't care who you are, boss! I don't give a damn who you are! You're gonna have us! You're gonna have Dan Vader! And we're gonna be breathing to your neck! So you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. I'm ready. Along with Davy Boy, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes, we'll see you at the Fall Brawl at the War Games. Until then. <laughs> yes, Brian. It was long overdue. I don't know what took me so long. What a train wreck. Holy Toledo. Starting with, as you mentioned while we were watching it, the fact that these guys, they know where the camera is, right? Yeah, I mean, these are these are not like rookies either. These are like top guys, seasoned professionals who have been on television for long periods of time. Like Sid is probably the most inexperienced one. Yeah. At this point, but it's like it's Bulldog, it's it's Harlem Heat's there. Like it's they're just completely blocking the camera. Yeah, Davy Boy Smith is basically has his back to the camera, obscuring Sting as he's making this monumental <laughs> yes. announcement. Yes. Yeah, completely. Like you can't even see Sting until like the very end of it. He shocked the world. <laughs> the shockmaster. Everyone knows the whole spot. He 
comes and tumbles onto his ass, and his hat falls off. Or is, is this is, live? Was this, is that is that why yes. this made? Okay, it was Clash of the Champions. Okay, twenty four. So, uh, so that that makes sense then that it was live, and that, <laughs> why it still made TV. And the the you hear uh, you know Ric Flair say, "Oh God!" And this version of it was from I think the Legends of Wrestling Roundtable on the WWF. 24-7, which is predating the WWF. Lots now. of cursing in it. Yeah, so they, there comes some bleeps and people are like, oh, what the hell's going on there? And Fred Ottman portraying the Shockmaster starts gesturing and pointing, but nothing's coming out. <laughs> because I think Ole Anderson is still doubled over guffawing <laughs> in the back. <laughs> and he's trying to regain his composure to cut this promo. <laughs> And Sid's trying to cover by saying, I don't care, whatever the hell he's yelling. I love Sid. You do love Sid. So awesome. A little more than you should. Oh, he's so fucking awesome. <laughs> but, but anyway, finally, uh, Oli gets his composure and begins this terrible promo. <laughs> you want to pay some money? <laughs> Channeling Frank Costanza. <laughs> you you, you want a piece of me? Sid was like, I'll drop you like a bag of dirt. <laughs> I, I killed Crockett. <laughs> oh, I went full Tarzan in that laugh. Oh my god. It's just, I'll see you at the fall brawl. You have to watch this one. Like, this this is like a piece of wrestling history. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you haven't seen it, where you been? But, (laughs) I mean, this. They even made an action figure homage to (laughs) to this very, very forgettable character, but because of this moment, immortalized the the upside down action figure with the Star Wars helmet. Yeah, who looked at that? I think we've talked about this before. Who looked at that and said, "That's our next star. Let's give him a a bedazzled stormtrooper helmet." Uh, he's, you know, he's got a. He looks like Captain Lou from earlier on. He's just got a a fur robe that's open, with, and he's wearing like blue jeans. Worst idea for Fred Ottman. The Shockmaster or Sheik Tugboat? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's gotten a lot of uh, humdingers when it comes to hey, <laughs> characters. I just got Michael, the uh, Natural Disasters tag team, commemorating their World Tag Team Championship run. So, All right. Typhoon is probably the most... Uh, What's wrong with Tugboat? You know, like, tu- he has Tugboat, too. <laughs> is he supposed to be a Tugboat? Or is he a Tugboat captain? What is Tugboat? Well, I think it was a fat guy, so they just named him after a ship. Uh, well, yeah. Tugboat's no good. <laughs> Tugboat's no good, Ryan. Hulk Hogan's friend. <laughs> I don't understand how he was Hogan's best friend. I guess the... Hogan's, you know, traveling the uh, highways and byways. <laughs> and, yeah. Waterways. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Poor poor Uncle Fred. <laughs> poor Uncle Fred. You heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, and uh, you really do need to see it, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right, Brian, we'll be back here next Monday for episode 151 of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Till then, he is the kingpin brawler, Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. 
Hey, uh, Brian, what's going on, man? It's Kofi. Uh, yep, the man who, by your own words, is your favorite WWE superstar, hero in life, idol, mentor in the business, blah, blah, blah. Listen, man, um, I need my money, man. I mean, you, you don't you don't actually think that our friendship is free, do you? <laughs> Hell no. Look, man, we've had this conversation before, and you know damn well that I can't stand you. And if I'm being honest, the only reason I speak to you is because of our agreement. You know, the one where you pay me, and I open up a lot of communication between us. I mean, this is to say that the only reason that we speak is because you pay me, and you're three weeks late, man. <laughs> I mean, how can I get back to being my power of positivity preaching self when, when you're out here owing me all this money, Brian Malonis, Brian Buffet? Brian Roselli, Billy Go Brian, Brian Boo Boo, Big Business. I don't care what you're calling yourself, man. I need my money. So call me back. Actually, actually, don't call me. Don't don't leave me a voicemail. I can't stand the sound of your voice. Just text me, man. PayPal me, Venmo me, whatever works. I need my money. It's your rosy cheek having, smooth as a baby, bottom face having, MC Hammer Pants wearing. Look at that. <laughs>